Hmm. If only Amy knew somebody that dealt with technology. Oh, wait. No way. I've learned through sad experience that there's nothing worse than a room of engineers trying to fix like a Google Hangout. This episode is sponsored by Frontend Masters. They have a terrific lineup of live courses you can attend either online or in person. They also have a terrific backlog of courses you can watch, including JavaScript The Good Parts, Build Web Applications with Node.js, AngularJS In-Depth, and Advanced JavaScript. You can go check them out at frontendmasters.com. This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Every week on Hired, they run an auction where over a 1,000 tech companies in San Francisco, New York, and L.A., Bid on JavaScript developers, providing them with salary and equity up front. The average JavaScript developer gets an average of 5 to 15 introductory offers and an average salary of $130,000 a year. Users can either accept an offer and go right into interviewing with the company or deny them without any continuing obligations. It's totally free for users, and when you're hired, they give you a $2,000 bonus as a thank you for using them. But if you use the JavaScript Jammer link, you'll get a $4,000 bonus instead. Finally, if you're not looking for a job but know someone who is, you can refer them to Hired and get a $1,337 bonus if they accept the job. Go sign up at Hired.com slash JavaScript Jabber. This episode is sponsored by Widgmo 5, a brand new generation of JavaScript controls. A pretty amazing line of HTML5 and JavaScript products for enterprise application development in that Widgmo 5 leverages ECMAScript 5 and each control ships with AngularJS directives. Check out the faster, lighter, and more mobile Widgmo 5. This episode is sponsored by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean is the provider I use to host all of my creations. All the shows are hosted there, along with any other projects I come up with. Their user interface is simple and easy to use, their support is excellent, and their VPSs are backed on solid-state drives and are fast and responsive. Check them out at DigitalOcean.com. If you use the code JavaScriptJabber, you'll get a $10 credit. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 178 of the JavaScript Jabber Show. This week on our panel we have Jameson Dance. Hello friends. Amy Knight. Hello. Joe Eames. Hey everybody. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. If you missed the Angular Remote Comp tickets, it is not too late. I have the videos. They will be released. You can buy after-the-fact tickets for a little less than the regular price tickets, and then you can get into the forum and watch the videos. And I'm also going to be setting up some webinars with some of the talks that I didn't accept for the conference because they were really good proposals. So anyway, I'm super excited for that. So keep an eye out for that. If you want to just go to the webinars, I'm going to charge separately for those from the regular conference tickets, but conference tickets holders are probably going to get a really good discount on that. I haven't quite set those prices yet. So keep an eye out. Uh, We have a special guest this week and that's Mark Grabanski. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Hello. You want to introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, sure. I'm Mark, long-time uh, user interface developer, created the jQuery UI day picker and plugins before jQuery was even you know in existence. And I've been a really long-time fan of the show. I've probably listened to at least 60, 70 of these and uh, you know, super excited to be on the show and uh, obviously supporting the show by sponsoring. <laughs> yeah, so. we appreciate that. I also have to say that the date picker was the only reason I ever installed that jQuery UI most of the time. Yeah, that's what a lot of people say, that that's the reason they use jQuery UI, is that plugin. So it's kind of a monster, it's kind of a beast, but it has every option you'd ever need. Do you just like hate it now because you've spent so much time on it, or do you love it still? 
Actually, it's funny because every time I like log into, you know, my gym website or, you know, use a travel site or something, it's like, oh, there's the date picker, you know, signing some documents for the right signature or whatever, you know, the date picker is like always there. That's cool. <laughs> like everything I use. So it's just fun to see. I mean, I would love to create a new version of it, but, you know, kind of onto other things right now. So it's like Mark's following himself around across the Internet. <laughs> it is fun and then uh nowadays you're doing front end masters which is kind of an online training website do you want to kind of explain the idea behind it yeah sure uh to give you a tiny bit of backstory i mean basically you know i've experimented with a lot of formats of education so just trying lots and lots of different things trying to get really my message across the things that are in my head you know teaching svg and teaching you know jQuery back in the day and teaching you know all sorts of stuff so you know, I spoke at 50, 60 different conferences and, you know, just try to figure that whole speaking end of things out. And, you know, that was great. And then I was like, hey, I can run better conferences. And so I just ran like five or six conferences. And one was at, you know, Google headquarters of 250 people. And, you know, it's a lot of fun run running conferences, but I just never felt, you know, fulfilled because conferences are sort of like, you know, boom, pow, you know, flash, like, here's this cool stuff, right? But it's not really, you know, it's like Yehuda Katz was on stage, you know, at one of my conferences and, you know, Alex Russell and all these guys, you know, that I look up to. And it's like, well, I want to do that. Like Yehuda was talking about data driven UIs and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, that's awesome. OK, how do I do it? You know, and so that kind of led me to, you know, I created like a seven hour screencast course kind of teaching what I knew. And uh, I just didn't enjoy, you know, talking to myself, basically you know, to my computer in my basement. And I know a lot of people can really do that well, but it wasn't something that I enjoyed. So it just started running workshops and speaking, you know, I taught like the first series of front end masters, which was just a workshop series. It was like six workshops. And then I invited kind of domain experts in each of the topics to speak in the afternoons. And so it was six of us, you know, I had to mornings, they taught the afternoons and, be, you know, it sold out. So people were like, I want the videos. And so we, you know, I went through just trying to figure out how like to make an enjoyable experience out of live, you know, workshops. And, you know, it's just been iterating on that. You know, people were like, oh, I want to participate in these things live online. So I was like, okay, here we go. Let's set up live streaming. And I talked to like, you know, live stream guy, right? And he's like, so you want to build a TV studio? <laughs> okay, <laughs> here we go. So we just, uh, you know, just keep iterating on things, making things better. And now, um, since we have the live stream, it's awesome because there's, you know, over a hundred people online. They're chatting, asking questions, and we have a moderator that's watching the chat rooms, making sure that their questions get asked to the teachers. And these are like all day sessions, 15 people in person, over a hundred online. And, uh, you know, there's the teacher just loves teaching the audience. Just like, uh, like I said, if front of masters existed where I could just go somewhere and teach for a day. Um, and have those videos broadcast to tens of thousands of developers, I would have just done it myself, you know, but because it doesn't exist, I uh, just keep iterating on it. And obviously, it's, it's formed into a nice built business. So yeah. So I spend a lot of time on Twitch TV. And I'm really interested in the phenomenon of live streaming and participating with an audience and stuff. Um, I have never thought about it in a, like a technical standpoint, though. It's usually just people playing video games and like chatting with their audience. Yeah, I love Twitch. I watch it too. So usually when people do it on Twitch, they're just kind of focused on their game or whatever they're doing. And every once in a while, they'll just kind of take a break and check chat and participate in it a little bit. 
how do you balance uh, teaching with keeping up with all the live stream viewers and making sure you're not kind of leaving them behind or questions are getting lost or things like that? Yeah, so we kind of prep the teachers ahead of time to make sure that all of the code is kind of easily accessible. So that solves like a big part of the problem, which is like, do the people online uh, have access to the code and everything? And then the second part, which is what you're kind of talking about, which is like all these people chatting and everything. We have a moderator that their job is just that, right? Their whole job is just that. So if the teacher wants to glance and look at the chat room, we have it up all day. But the moderator just, it's their responsibility to make sure all the questions get asked to the teacher. And then also, you know, these are workshops. So people are actually working through the code. Uh, so we kind of cut the camera and the teacher can talk, you know, directly to the online students the entire work time. And so a lot of the questions that come up and break, they'll kind of reiterate once we get back to the podium. So that's kind of how that works. Have you done any like front end masters plays develop a JavaScript application where everyone just like types a letter and you try to make it compile into valid JavaScript? Kind of like Twitch plays Pokemon, but <laughs> Twitch for plays Pokemon. <laughs> no, <laughs> it is a cool idea. I've thought about some really cool live streaming ideas that we can do, but yeah, this is a format that works really well. Um, so we're just kind of scaling it. So how big do you think it can scale to? You said you have a hundred people. About is that kind of your biggest class so far? Yeah, I typically try to keep it to 15 people in person and 100 online or 120, basically, because I find that that's a great mix of, you know, in-person questions versus online questions. We've had, you know, where it's 35 people in person and it's just like the in-person room just completely dominates because they're just constantly asking questions and the online people feel like they can't get an edgewise in, right? When, you know, they paid for a ticket and they're, they're there to get their questions answered as well. And with more than 120 people, so we've gone up to like 200, it's just the chat room just gets way too noisy. And, you know, we'd have to really invest in, you know, moderation abilities and stuff like that to be able to scale, you know, over 100. But we just find that like 100, 120 online is a great mix with uh, 15 people in person between, you know, in-person people feeling like they get to ask their questions and online people being able to ask their questions and everybody, you know, is happy and gets their questions answered with that kind of ratio. So we've played around with that a lot. I know that sure. you record these sessions or workshops in Minnesota. Yeah. And do you have a lot of people actually travel in for that or are they mostly local folks that want to show yeah, up for these? Because it's only 15 people, it's pretty easy to that, get that from the local, you know, the local audience. But we have had people from, you know, Amsterdam and Atlanta, you know, around the U.S. and around the world, you know, fly in. So it does happen. It's just not, you know, exactly our focus. If that makes sense. And don't knock Minnesota. Minnesota is rad and everyone <laughs> should fly into Minnesota from all over the earth. Because it's amazing. Yeah, it is pretty fun. So, except maybe like in the winter. In the winter, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like from November to March. No, it's yeah. only twenty below. Maybe a couple weeks of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to be from up there. I don't miss it. <laughs> yeah, those months get really rough for sure. Everybody's all depressed, hanging their heads, talking about how the weather is bad. But 
I had a question because your format is, you know, very similar to kind of my background into programming and kind of how I learned. Like originally, I was learning in a vacuum by myself and then went to a boot camp. So I was around other people. Do you think that that format kind of increases like the value people get out of it because they have like a shorter feedback cycle? They can ask questions and they can see that the people around them are having similar questions. Yeah, I mean, I. I'm obviously, you know, biased. <laughs> this is the format that I landed on that I like personally to participate in, but also to watch. So I realized that it doesn't work for everyone, but it works enough where, you know, especially with the videos now, like we have some of the most popular programming courses, you know, in the world that have uh, been recreated in this format. So it clearly works for a lot of people. <laughs> I can imagine too, like for the instructors, I'm 